It's time for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Yeah, that's right. The second one this week with myself, Adam Abdallah, and of course, as always, Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter, at Woodon1063. Follow me on Twitter, at Adam A. Abdallah. If you missed our interview with Max Holloway, make sure you check that out after you listen to our preview of UFC 276. It is an amazing, amazing card, Jordan. Fight after fight after fight. That's just going to be great. And of course, we talked to Max Holloway yesterday on Tuesday, uh, part of the co-main event, and we're scheduled to, you know, stuff can change, but we are scheduled to talk to Alexander uh, Volkanovsky tomorrow on Thursday, so be on the lookout for that interview uh, sometime tomorrow afternoon. Big UFC fight week, big UFC fight card means we should have multiple unnamed MMA podcasts out for you. Max Holloway sounds ready. He sounds ready, not like he wasn't, and that's unexpected from him. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He might be the greatest featherweight we've ever seen. He sounds ready for his rematch, his trilogy fight with Alexander Volkanovsky. I cannot wait. And that being said, when we talk to Volkanovsky tomorrow, I'm sure he will also sound ready and uh, he will also be ready for this fight come Saturday. Like we mentioned, a huge card. We're going to go through all of the fights on the main card. I mean, in in the undercard and the early prelims, like everything is great on this paper. What What I use to judge a fight card and how relevant it is, is looking at the undercard and if there are notable names that the casual mixed martial arts fan will know. Oh, yeah. And obviously with Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Mm-hmm. Jim Miller, mm-hmm. Robbie Lawler, Macy Barber's Macy in there. Macy Barber's in there. Uriah Hall's in there. Exactly. That's, I mean, and that's the early prelims. Like those, like they're great fights that start. And early this fight in the lost. Day. This fight card lost Misha Tate. Yeah, Misha Tate was supposed to fight on this uh, card, but her fight got pulled back because Lauren Murphy tested positive for COVID. So Listen, they'll fight you, in a couple of weeks. You put up with a couple bad UFC fight nights, and it's all worth it. For this main event here and for the, the actually the main event is the, the two co-main events. But you know what I mean? The main event is actually the pay-per-view is what I'm talking about. So let's start here with the uh, the beginning of the main card. Pedro Munoz against Sean O'Malley. O'Malley is a minus 260 favorite. The young Punisher, even though he's 35, Pedro Munoz is plus 220. I mean, these guys are great. Sean O'Malley is a rising star in the UFC. He's 27. He's got a five. He's five inches taller than Munoz. He's got seven more inches of reach. There's a reason he's minus 260 uh, in this fight, but Munoz is no scrub even though he's old. He's fought pretty much everybody, and uh, this is going to be a great test for him and a way for Sean O'Malley to kind of move up in the rankings. This is another showcase fight for Sugar Sean O'Malley. I still am not buying the hype surrounding him, but he should be as big a favorite as he is. This is a fight that you need to look at in potentially stuffing your parlay, I would not suggest a straight-up play money line on Sugar Sean O'Malley. And I also am not going to go hunting for a special prop with Sugar Sean O'Malley. And the reason being is because Pedro Munoz is a guy at 35 years of age, and he's been in, the, in there with the best of the best of the bantamweight division, has yet to be finished. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to run the risk of that situation happening, even though Sugar Sean O'Malley has that reach advantage. He hits awfully hard. Pedro Munoz is going to have to get into a phone booth to get close to land something on Sugar Sean O'Malley. Most likely leg kicks. Those are going to be the way that he gets a win. So for me, this fight card is a this fight is a showcase for Sugar Sean O'Malley. I expect him to win, likely win on points, move up on the rankings. 
because this is a guy that is tailor-made, not have to worry about the wrestling and the grappling, which yet Sugar Sean O'Malley has yet to face in, in his UFC career, surprisingly. Another easy matchup for him to win. Those leg kicks can get to you, man. I mean, and, and Munoz does it a lot, like you said, and he uses a lot to set up his big punches. I mean, he can take hits. He can give out hits. He can submit guys when he needs to if he absolutely has to. You won't go hunting for props, but that's my job uh, is to go hunting for props. So Sean O'Malley, by decision that you mentioned, is plus 165. Like we said, he's minus 260 on the money line right now. So if you want to take a flyer by decision, plus 165. But like you said, just stuff him to a parlay. I'll do that right now. We'll check out what that parlay looks like. I mean, here's the the thing, though. He does have the legs. He does have the legs that would worry me Mm -hmm. if you are backing Sean O'Malley and Pedro Munoz. Literally, he lands one of those leg kicks. It's going to be a situation where he could not be fighting. You know, he might end. And we've seen him get injured before. People have taken him out before in his UFC career because of leg kicks. And as you alluded to, Pedro Munoz has some deadly ones. Yeah, so that should be a great fight. One of the fights I'm looking forward to the most is Sean Strickland, minus 105 against Alex Pereira, is minus 115, number four in that weight division uh, against an unranked opponent in Pereira. You know, Sean Strickland had the two-year injury hiatus because of his motorcycle accident. He's back in the top five. He's he's got a a great record, uh, 20-0, including victory against Brandon Allen, Uriah Hall, Jack Hermanson. I mean, this is this is a guy who's fought anybody and everybody. And now a great fight here where the odds are right now. I'm looking at updated odds. This is a pick em right now. This is right now. They're both at minus 110 here. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. They're both minus 110. Every, the, the judges see this as even. The Vegas odds see this as even. This should be an absolutely great fight. And it- the winner of this fight is probably going to be looking at the main event later on and saying, well, you're ne- I'm next for whoever wins against Adesanya and Kananair. Both guys have the argument, in particular, if Israel Adesanya is victorious in the main event against Jared Kananair. And the reason being is because Alex Pereira, even though he's only fought now two times in the UFC, once it gets a guy that's no longer in the UFC, one was an impressive knockout, is because he has two victories over Israel Adesanya in their kickboxing careers, Mm -hmm. including a knockout. The UFC is looking for contenders. They're looking for challengers, someone different to challenge Israel Adesanya. Alex Pereira provides that and provides it if he beats a guy who has won six fights in a row in the middleweight division in Sean Strickland. I love Sean Strickland in this fight. Okay, I loved him even more earlier in the week when I grabbed him at plus money. And the reason I love him so much is because he comes with pressure. He comes with takedowns. He comes with a mental, I think, advantage talking shit inside the middle of the octagon. And we've seen Alex Pereira struggle with guys that will put pressure on him and guys that will hunt for takedowns. He's been taken down several times in the two UFC fights that he had in his you know, early and, and relatively young mixed martial arts career. And you got to remember that. It's a very young mixed martial arts career. This guy made the transition late in the game from kickboxing. Now, granted, we've seen people do it. Israel Adesanya is the perfect example of that. Late in his career, made the transition, and he might be the greatest middle light that we've ever seen. But Sean Strickland, plus his cardio, he's gone five rounds the last two times he's been in the octagon, and he just recently fought a guy that has the same makeup, in my opinion, that Alex Pereira has. Uriah Hall is a deadly striker with zero takedown defense. And what did Sean Strickland do? He beat up Uriah Hall for five rounds. Mm -hmm. So I love Sean Strickland 
in this fight, especially if you can grab him at dog money. Now, I won't ignore the fact that prior to that six-fight win streak, he got knocked out by a wheel kick by Alessio Dos Santos. So there is that, there is that aura surrounding around around Alex Pereira, his ability just to land a bomb and knock Sean Strickland out. But my money is going to say, my fat jack pick is going to say that Sean Strickland wins this fight, especially if you can grab him as an underdog. I love it. I love it. And I love the guys that are in the the ring talking shit as well. Now, to me, this fight is so good that if this was just a UFC fight night, this might be a main event. 100%. In like a UFC fight night. But we've got so many other good fights here, and you've got two title fights here that this just kind of gets shuffled in. But this is a big fight, like you mentioned, that the guys that are fighting in the main event might have their eye on as well while they're in their you know respected locker rooms getting ready for their fight in uh, Adesanya and Cannonier. And then you've got the winner of this fight who will call out whoever the winner of the main event is. Like, this is... These got this. These two fights being on the same card is perfect because this can set up the the, uh, the eventual title fight between whoever wins Cannonier and Adesanya, between whoever wins this fight in Pereira and Strickland. So the fact that this is on the main card is great. We're not even going to look. I'm not even going to go hunting here for a prop because either you can get it at plus money or you can get it at, at decent odds at minus one ten, which is you know your standard bet here uh, when you gamble. If you're new to gambling or anything like that, minus one ten, bet a hundred dollars to win ninety dollars. Like that's usually a standard bet. So I, there's no there's no need to go. Well, the other need that I would look at though, Adam, is is look at the round total and okay. take the over. Because I think that Sean Strickland, again, is going to look to dirty this fight up, take it into the deeper rounds, challenge Alex Pereira's cardio. We know Sean Strickland can go hard. He went, as I just mentioned, two his previous two fights, five rounds, each of them, mm-hmm. and he was fine in all of them. So he has the cardio to go for days. He has the, the grappling acumen to go for days. So that's why I think the over also would be a play in this fight. All right, right, writing down the over. Our next fight, we got a bunch of fights to get to. So our next one here, uh, this was added to the main card uh, earlier this week. Robbie Lawler against Brian Barberena. Uh, Robbie Lawler here, let me get the... Uh, the odds here for this one. Robbie Lawler is minus 120 right now. Brian Barbarena at plus uh, 100. So even money here for Bam Bam Barbarena. I mean, he's he's fighting for his fourth time in the last 12 months, which is a lot of fi- I mean, that's a lot of fights in, 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 a, in a year span. So how do you think that will affect him? He's obviously a slight underdog in this fight. At least the gambling public is putting their money on Robbie Lawler, the slight favorite at minus 120. How do you see this one that was just now added to the the uh, main event here. Yeah, I think it's a matchup that favors Robbie Lawler because I don't look at Brian Barberena that's a guy that's going to cause Robbie Lawler some concerns in the grappling department, worrying about takedown defense. He's a guy that's going to have a boxing and kickboxing match with Robbie Lawler. And at Robbie Lawler's age and at this point in his career where his last win was against Nick Diaz, Nick Diaz looked awful in that fight. He was shop warm and prior to that, well, Robbie Lawler had lost four fights in a row. This is a matchup where, stylistically, I think it favors Robbie Lawler. Brian Barberena, his last fight was against Matt Brown, a fight that I believe he should have lost. I believe he was losing, and if you're looking at how the judges scored that fight, in all likelihood, they gave the final 10 seconds of round number three to Brian Barberena and gave him the victory, and we had Matt Brown in that in that fight, so that was it rubbed me the wrong way. 
but not the reason why I'm picking against Brian Barberena. I just think stylistically it's a matchup that Robbie favors Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler can go hard for three rounds. He hits hard. He's not going to be thrown off by the strikes or anything else that Brian Barbera just got a text, by the way. Oh, okay. And you hear that. And then, you know, really, Brian Barberina is that type of fighter that's like, what's his number one attribute? It's, it's his toughness. It's his ability to take a strike. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's not really the best thing you want to say get, is, your, is your best. Yeah, I, I take hits hit. well. Yeah, okay. I'm tough. Like, yeah, and no. eventually you won't be and you get knocked out. Exactly. I mean, look. Bam Bam is a great fighter to watch. I love seeing him fight because all his fights are absolute chaos mm-hmm. because of the way that he fights. But because of the way that he fights, I like Robbie Lauer in this fight. All right. I'll take it. And, you know, at minus, uh, minus 120, again, uh, to go uh, hunting here for some props in this fight, minus 120 isn't a lot to lay here for a fight. But if you're looking at the uh, under 2.5 is plus 165. Over two and a half is minus two hundred five. So Vegas believes that this fight will go the distance. If you're going to go Robbie Lawler by decision, that's plus one sixty five. If you're going to go Barbarina by decision, that's plus two twenty five. So maybe if you think this is going to go over, if you think this is going to go the distance, and you think Robbie Lawler is going to win, Robbie Lawler by decision at plus one sixty five. How do you do? You like that one at all? I, I think Robbie Lawler via decision. I think. Brian Barberain is such a tough guy to put away. Robbie Lauer also extremely tough. So the over at two and a half, certainly in play. But I think Robbie Lauer is going to win the fight. So Robbie Lauer, via decision, maybe a small sprinkle on it. Mm. But just to win straight up because we could we could go back in time and we could see a Robbie Lauer flawless victory, if you will, land something pretty hard on Brian Barberain. As you said, he's been frequent in the, in the octagon. I applaud him for that, but at some point, the wheels do come off. Like I just was talking about with Pedro Munoz. At some point, yeah. the wheels are going to come off, and he's going to get stopped for the first time. This could be the case with Brian Barbarina. That's a lot of fights in one year, too. That's four fights in one year. That's a lot of mileage on your body. So our co-main event, our title fight, the trilogy fight, Alexander Volkanovsky's minus 180 against Max Holloway. He's plus 155. Like I said earlier, make sure you check out that podcast with Max Holloway that we recorded yesterday on Tuesday. We'll, you know, we're going to attempt to record one with Alexander Volkanovsky tomorrow. Uh, so you've got the two guys here in the co-main event. You've got a trilogy fight. Volkanovsky's won both times. So why we're getting a third fight is probably because that these are the two top contenders in the division regardless. And even after this fight. There will probably still be the two top contenders in this division regardless. So you might see four. You might see five. Just because no one has yet been able to challenge these two guys. I mean, Volkanovski has won 21 fights in a row. We just saw him beat the, the Korean zombie. You and I broke down that fight. We talked about that fight. He went out and won that fight. And right after that fight, I was watching an interview with Volkanovski. And he's talking about, he's like, well, Holloway is probably the next fighter that I'm going to have to fight again because no one else in this division either wants to fight me or aren't isn't good enough to fight me and Max Holloway seems to be the only guy that is good enough to fight Volkanovski in his current state in this current win streak and let's not ignore the fact also that he went five rounds and and had an unbelievable fight with Brian Ortega mm-hmm. prior to that Chan Sung Jung fight so and then Max Holloway he went out and beat Calvin Cater and Calvin Cater is one of the top featherweights so 
both guys like deserve to be in the spot because they won their last two and won their last two extremely impressive. They also deserve to be in the spot because, quite frankly, a lot of people scored the first fight for Max Holloway and a lot of people scored the second fight for Max Holloway, and that was a split decision victory for Alexander Volkanovsky. So we we need clarity. He would we, not bite on your question. I know. I tried. He would not. Really you tried. Tried. I tried to ask Max you, like MMA judging, and but here, I which here, okay. Here's the thing though. He's not going to go after the judges before the fight. Right. Like, I bet if, if, we, if he loses again and Volkanovsky's hand is raised and we do that interview on Monday after this fight or Tuesday after this fight, yeah. he might be willing to go after judges. Yeah, I don't think true. he's – because you know what happens here. Oh, Max Holloway says on the unnamed MMA podcast, because you know I'm going to blast it out and send it to people and be like, hey, guess what? He went after the judges. And then that gets brought up, and the judges might see that before. And I'm not saying that anybody's really listening to this. It's probably just you, me, and my parents that are listening to this, the occasional – like we get like two people that are listening to this. That's cool. Awesome. Hi, people that are listening to this. But if someone sees that Max Holloway is going after judges four days before his fight – that might get some traction. It might work in his, it, against his favor. So to me, of course, he's not going to go after the judges. But you had to ask the question. Because why else are we getting the third fight of a fight that he's lost twice already? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because also what you said, there's nobody else. There's nobody else. I mean, Josh Emmett's going to be sitting uh, cage side. He just won versus Calvin Cater, but won controversially. And I'm, I want to bring up that fight, and I want to bring up the Holly Holm-Kitlin Vieira fight. Because I think those are two perfect examples why if you want to back Alexander Volkanovsky, you wait until more public money comes in on Max Holloway. Because between the two, I do believe that Max Holloway is going to get more of the public money as we get closer to fight night. Right now at plus 165, I love Max Holloway. I think there's tremendous value on him at that price, especially because I believe he won the second fight. And and a lot of people that I respect believe that he won the first fight. But if you want it back, Alexander Volkanovsky, you wait for the public money to bring that price down, bring Alexander Volkanovsky's price down, and then you look at those two fights that I just alluded to, Ketlin Vieira and Holly Holm. Ketlin Vieira landed the more damaging strikes in that fight. A lot of people scored the fight for Holly Holm because of volume and, and, and just how much pressure that she was putting on him. The same thing in the Calvin Cater-Josh Emmett fight. Josh Emmett landed the more significant strikes, the more power, but Calvin Cater was just pop, 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 just landing volume. Who's going to land the more significant strikes? Volkanovsky. Who's going to land the more volume? Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it boggles the mind because judge, the judging criteria says more points should be awarded to volume. Yet we are judging these fights on significant strikes. Yeah. So Volkanovsky is going to land the more significant strikes. So my advice right now today and I don't want you people calling in or t- actually, please call and text if you can call. That'd be impressive. <laughs> text, tweet, whatever. I'm not asking you to buy to, to back both. I'm saying right now, plus 165, it's Max Holloway. If that price goes down, uh, and, and Volkanovski is at a dollar fifty, you play Alexander Volkanovski to win the fight because you just said he has he's only lost one fight. Yeah, and the and there's something else to consider here, and I wonder how much this takes into effect. Like these guys have been fighting each other. You know, obviously, this is the third fight for three years now, right? Volkanovski's 33. When does the... and But he's on a great tear. Like, he's in, you know, he's fighting great. But when does that start to catch up with him? And Holloway, who's only 30, who was 27 when this started, is does he now have the advantage? Because, listen, fight miles are fight miles. And when you, I know the, the win streak is impressive, but eventually, like, the arm goes away. You know what I mean? Like, if we're talking about pitchers, if we're talking about quarterbacks, like, eventually that arm just can't throw anymore. Like, at some point, 
you just can't hit as hard as you used to. You can't, you're not as flexible as you used to be. You're not as, your endurance isn't as long as it, as it used to be. Does that catch up to Volkanovsky in this fight? Because Holloway's just so familiar with it. Him. It could be like one fight removed because the Chan Sung Jung fight, he was in control. He wasn't in any danger at any significant point of that fight. The Brian Ortega fight, if you want to go back and watch a sick fight, I mean, he was nearly finished, I think, twice mm-hmm. in that fight. Brian Ortega had an unbelievable guillotine midway through that fight and somehow, some way, Alexander Volkanovsky survived. So maybe it is, yes, it is a 100% a factor into handicapping and deciding who is going to win all these fights. Why does it go back to Robbie Lawler and what I was mentioning here? He looked good against Nick Diaz, but Nick Diaz looked awful. And prior to that, he had lost four fights in a row. At some point, those wheels fall off. Pedro Munoz, at some point, those wheels are going to fall off. So absolutely, both guys, Max Holloway and... Alexander Volkanovsky have been in wars. And the other thing to pay attention to is Max Holloway at times has had issues come weigh-ins. He had that uh, time where he he fainted and he couldn't compete in in a fight Mm -hmm. uh, against Habib Nurmagomedov. So you certainly do need to pay attention to Max Holloway. Like if I was if I was going to weigh in, trying to get to the scale, like if I was getting to the scale against Nurmagomedov against Habib, like I would probably I'd be like, nope. Ugh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, fight the bear. Yeah, I would. I would probably pass <laughs> too. So your your you said the value is there, but is your official pick Holloway at plus? My official pick is one sixty five. Right. My also official pick is the over at four and a half. I don't believe Oof. that we are going to see a finish. Mine is two fifty five, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, but also, but how about this? Plus three thirty for Max Holloway to win via decision. I see that. That is nice. That is nice. The Holloway via decision, yeah, that, that's a good, that's a nice prop to throw out there. That's another sprinkle. See how the night's going. This is a long night of fighting. See how the night's going, and if you need that sprinkle at the end, you might need to sprinkle uh, Holloway by decision there at plus three fifty-five. Any other thoughts on the on the co-main event before we get into Adesanya? I'm, I'm super amped. It's going to be a sick yeah. fight, and I, I think, well, I think because we're looking at a decision victory for Max Holloway. We're likely seeing number four. And we're yeah, well, I seeing asked him that, five. and I, I said I asked him because I mean, look, you can't. Is this a best of five? Is this a best of seven? Like, what is this? Because if Volkanovski wins again, it's over, right? Like, he, you don't get another shot. I'm sorry, but you you had your chance. You've had three times, and you have it. But if Holloway wins, then Volkanovski can be like, okay, well, now I get my second shot, right? Because you've had three, it's only fair if I get another one or find a better contender. Because I mean, the I can't one, think the of one, one thing holding that back would be if there's a significant finish. Yeah, if Max Holloway goes out and just completely steamrolls Alexander Volkanovsky, well, or the other way, I mean, or Volkan- the other way, yeah, then he, then you're going to have to make the argument that uh, Max Holloway is going to have to. Ju- well, both guys actually have said that they want to jump up to 155 and challenge uh, the champion, Charles Oliveira. Okay, all right, so we could see that in the future. Our main event, uh, another title fight: Israel Adesanya against Jared Cannon. Canonier is plus 300. He used to be a heavyweight. He's come down. Uh, Israel Adesanya, a heavy favorite at minus 365. I mean, Israel Adesanya is one of the flashiest, most fun-to-watch fighters in the UFC right now. This should be, a, despite the odds, this should still be a great fight. Despite the odds. Like, Canonier deserves this title shot. He's, he's, you know, beaten guys that he needs to beat. He's put in his work. He's put in his time. He deserves to be here. Adesanya, a huge favorite. 
But obviously, when you have two guys with different styles, where Canyonier is kind of like the, you know, I'm going to try to knock you out and punch you and all that kind of stuff, and, and Adesanya is a little more flashy, you could have a, a style clash here that could lead to an interesting finish. You never know. But it seems like the odds makers and everyone else is putting their money on Adesanya minus 365. How do you see it? Yeah, Jerry Cannonier deserves to be here. He's 5-1 and one in the UFC middleweight division. His last fight, an absolutely steamrolled job of Der- blonde Derek Brunson. I was impressed by that. I had Derek Brunson winning that fight. Jerry Cannonier deserves this title shot. But Israel Adesanya, to me, is on another level. And Israel Adesanya is a special talent. There's a reason why he was able to transition so well from kickboxing to the world of mixed martial arts, to the world of the UFC. Go back and look at his post-fight. This is why I love him so much. Go back and look at his post-fight comments when he, after he made his UFC debut. He grabbed the mic from John Attic or Joe Rogan. I think it was Joe Rogan at the time. And he's like, middleweight division, there's a new dog in the yard, and I just pissed all over it. And he, and he dropped the mic. And that was it. And look, that, that quote has stuck because, look, he has literally pissed over the mm-hmm. entire middleweight division. He has not been challenged, and I fully suspect we were going to have another performance like we've grown accustomed to seeing Israel Adesanya do. Outpoint, outwork, showcase beautiful striking and takedown defense in route to a unanimous decision victory. I think the one time we got spoiled was the Polo Costa fight in Abu Dhabi where he smashed him in three rounds. But I think we're getting that again. So I'm not recommending a money line play on Israel Adesanya because obviously, what, 360 you said it currently fetched Yeah, that? actually, I just, we're up to 425. Four, 425. Okay. So somebody just listened to the podcast and boom. <laughs> we're up to 420. Well, I mean, up. like I wrote these down like two days ago and then I go and re- try to refresh them. And now it's up like this is the one that's jumped the most Yeah, from 365 to minus 425. And I, and I think Jared Cannonier is going to have to either work a takedown, which is extremely difficult to do against Israel Adesanya or land a bomb and just just the distance and fluidity that Israel Adesanya has within his striking is enough for me to think that he's going to win a five-round decision. So I'm going to take the over at four and a half. Minus 125, it's not bad. And I'm going to take Israel Adesanya on points. All right, so Adesanya... Plus 125, I think I I, I could grab it at. Is, by, by decision, is plus 120. Okay. Plus 120 by decision, and then the over four and a half is minus 125. All right. That's not bad. It's, I like it's, it. It's, it's how Israel Adesanya has been winning fights. It's how he beat Marvin Vittori. It's yeah. how he beat Robert Whitaker. It's how he lost to Jan Blachowicz when he went up at light heavyweight. Yeah. So He's not a finisher. He, he, he has not become a finisher. He yeah. was for a little bit of time. You know, he had some finishes. But the, the Yolo Romero just, fight was yeah. awful. But There's was, certain guys that just don't finish. They just, they're, they're technical guys. They get their strikes in. They either, or you get the big guys that just lay on people and just win based on method of victory. I mean, we talk about Bilal Muhammad all the time. Bilal Muhammad is not a finisher either. You know, he's just a guy that likes to control, uh, the, control the ground game and, and just kind of like win on, you know, controlling the fight. Whereas, you know, this is more technical landing strikes, same thing. If you get him on the ground, maybe you just control it that way too. So, I still think it's going to be a great fight. You probably should have flipped the main event here. But, yeah, I mean, what am I? I'm not UFC. I'm not Dana White. I'm not UFC. Like, don't you put the trilogy fight at the top? I think you should. You should have, unless this fight was, like, in New Zealand, you know, at Marvel Arena, Marvel Stadium in Australia. But, yeah, it should have have been flip-flopped. But Israel Adesanya also is a star. 
he should be on the marquee just as much as Alexander Volkanovsky and, and, and Max Holloway should. Yeah. But yeah, that's you're going to have to stuff Israel into a parlay if you don't want to risk the, <laughs> the points. But I think I think he's going to win five rounds or four rounds to one pretty pretty handily. All right, so that is the main card for UFC 276. I mean, I feel like we could do a whole other podcast just on the undercards here, but anything that you're looking at in the prelims or in the early prelims for this one? You, you know I like to get saucy at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Andre Munoz in round one Woo! over Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall, is, I, I think I talked about this earlier on in the podcast, he struggles with guys that, that hunt for submissions and look to take the fight to the ground. And although you, Munoz has been stopped before via strikes, he is deadly a deadly grappler. I think he hunts for a quick takedown, gets Uriah Hall out of there pretty easily with a first-round submission. So Munoz in round one is plus 120. So that's good plus, that's, that's good plus money. Let's see. Can I What's get submission in round one? All right, let me see. Hold it's on. It's probably not even. I, good. I mean, because he's gonna, he's not going to knock out your eye hall. So. No, I gotta find. I gotta find that. I gotta find that. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Concentrate. Well, I mean, again, your eye hall struggles with guys that that hunt for takedowns. He did against Sean Strickland. That was over a five round affair. We've seen it happen from time and time again. Plus one eighty if for round one by submission. Yeah, that's not worth the risk. So, do I have to come up with something a little bit better? No, 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 no. That's. I feel like. Hey, listen, you're giving me something plus money in the early, early in the night. That I'll take it. I'll take it. Anything else that you like? That's in the early prelims. That is the last fight of the early prelims before we get to the actual prelims, uh, where you've got you know Donald Cerrone, uh, Cowboy Cerrone's fighting Jim Miller. I think you gave something out on that. Yeah. So um, I, I, I talked about. It. I like Jim Miller to win the fight straight up, but he's a heavy favorite. So I like the under at one and a half okay and i like jim miller inside the distance okay i, I mean i think it'll be a, a, a first round or a second round stoppage to donald cowboy cerrone but it'll that's what it'll, that's what i'll certainly look at all right so you've got sean o'malley for the main card here you've got sean o'malley just as a parlay stuffer at minus 260 you've got uh sean strickland at minus 110 and the over there at two and a half or one and a half over at one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Well, you got to lay a little juice there with one and a half. So maybe parlay stuff that with the O'Malley, with O'Malley at minus two sixty. You've got uh, Robbie Lawler at minus one twenty. You've got Max Holloway at plus one sixty five. I love that. Let's do it. You might change your mind after. I won't tell. I won't tell Volkanovski tomorrow. I won't let him know. No, please don't. I won't let him know. Uh, and then you got jump through the phone. You've got Israel Adesanya by decision at plus one twenty, and the over four and a half rounds at minus one twenty five. I'm excited. This is going to be a great one. If someone's got a bootleg uh, link that they want to send me, I will take it. Uh, I've been asked so many times to FaceTime with my friends while I watch listen, it and just you, like put the screen. I'm like, get, I don't want to do that. Get TikTok. I'm just saying. Get TikTok. People film their TVs. It's not hard to find a link to watch these fights. Not that we uh, encourage that at ESPN. Please uh, purchase the pay-per-view at ESPN+. Plus. Yes. <laughs> That's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. When he wins all these bets, make sure you congratulate him. If it doesn't, don't even open Twitter. You can get the rest of his uh, picks at FatJackSports.com. I mean, you've got baseball going on right now. You've got the NFL coming up. Training camp is 28 days away. 27 days away now. 27 days away from training camp. you got to get those, uh, those uh, 
futures in now for win totals, for MVP, for Super Bowl. Fat Jack's going to have all those for you there. So make sure you check those out. Those out. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And hopefully we're back tomorrow for another episode, a special episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Thanks for listening.